Okay, I've got an idea. I know we're literally in the middle of the Dominion War, and we've already covered Kira plenty, and we've already covered the occupation plenty, and we've already covered Dukat plenty, although it's now it's Pa Dukat. So I've got an idea. Why don't we do an episode about some kind of insane, kind of crazed Cardassian scientist who's using this weird thing about sending kids into the future and you're not liking that idea? Okay, why don't we have Kira fall in love with Dukat and... No? Okay, real quick. There's an interview where Nana Visitor insists that she was approached with the idea that in this episode she would be romantically involved with Dukat. Now, Ira Stephen Bear contests that because there was no actual written version of that episode and they can check those archives. Uh, but he does admit that he remembers her coming to him being really upset about this specific matter. So what I'd like to say there is what probably happened is someone in the production chain mentioned a affair with Dukat and Kira, which is what we usually call Norris. And then she took that and was like, oh my god, have I not put my foot down enough about this stupid thing? And as I mentioned, this is now the second to last time that she'll ever interact with Dukat. I, I referenced this back in, oh, I don't remember, somewhere in the Dominion War arc back at the beginning of the season. Before I move any further, I want to mention that they bring up the Alamo here, which will be coming up in the future. The stolen shuttle is still present, the one that Dukat stole. Uh, the assassination attempt that was referenced in Waltz is actually shown on camera in this episode. And we see the Sutherland yet again, the USS Sutherland, which has been referenced several times, and of course is the party ship, which has also already been referenced. You remember the Hawaiian, woo, you know, cordially invited, that whole thing. <clears throat> I do find myself wondering exactly what Shelby did to get that reputation, but let's move on. Because let's talk about the episode proper. Uh... I just wanted to make my point about the recurring elements thing really quick. Kira mentions she was always proud of her mother. And immediately it's like, okay, yeah, we're, we're going to see more about her and her mother. Got it. We know Kira's stance on collaborators, and it's reaffirmed in this episode. In fact, Kira doesn't change or move or have anything happen to her whatsoever. She's exactly the same at the end as she was at the beginning. So why does this episode exist? I mean, I hate to be so blunt about that, but again... Middle of the Dominion War, we know Kira, we know Dukat. The only thing that's new added to this is that her mother was a comfort woman, which I'll talk about later. That's it. Why does this episode exist? I mean, I, I guess they need to hit 26 episodes every season, so that's why this episode exists. If it's not obvious, I, I have a bit of disdain for this episode, and I'll explain why in a minute. So the premise, okay. Her, obviously Dukat knew her mother, and there's the chance that the two were lovers. Okay, no problem. Uh, we can look into that. We can ask Odo. He was around for a lot of that period of time, so there's a chance his amazingly, actually perfect memory will be able to help recreate sections of it. Maybe he'll be able to recognize her. You know, okay, no, not that. Um, we could check the records. We have access to a lot of information we didn't have, but no, that's off the table. Okay, got it. Why don't we just have a vision? Reach out to the prophets, they'll give it... No? No, we want to time travel. A actual time travel. <laughs> now, I know time travel, it, it's Star Trek. And, uh, I mean, yeah, okay, sure. And I get that this is important to her. I mean, I do. It's just, <laughs> you want to actually go back in time to do this. 
there's this bit where she tries to convince Cisco to let her do this as the emissary, more specific. She even calls him emissary when she's trying to to talk him into this, and he he's just like. Do you have any idea how strict Starfleet regulations are on time travel? And she's like, nah, screw Starfleet regulations. I don't care, but this has had nothing to do with Starfleet. Kira, I hate to point this out, but if you are doing time travel uh, on in an area of space around people of such import like this, in a space that is important like this, the possibilities of you changing history drastically and violently absolutely involve Starfleet. They involve a lot of people. Think about this. What if she'd killed Dukat? How would history have been changed? Think about that. Think about how much that would change so much. Imagine if she had somehow, given her access or command codes or whatever, destroyed the station. What if she'd killed herself as a child by accident or gotten herself killed or something like that? I mean, I'm talking about some extreme cases here, but that's my point. You're time traveling. There's no safety net here. Oh, but there is a safety net, and that's her point. The profits are her safety net. Everything she will do will be completely acceptable because the only way she can do anything is if the profits will it. Now, this amuses me for many reasons. Reason number one, she, she effectively has free range to alter the timeline as much as she wants to because if the profits didn't want me to, they would just stop me. It's just logic. Uh, reason number two. The prophets are nonlinear and may or may not care or even understand the concept of altering time. The only thing, the only time this has ever really been introduced to them is with Zek, of all people. He wanted to know the outcome of the game before it had started. So, okay. This is also presuming that the, the prophets don't just want to change time because they think things would be better in a different way, which is also a possibility. No, 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 it's cool. It's cool. I will do what the prophets will. <sighs> sure. Now, funnily enough, it does work out in this episode. I'm just astonished that it, it, it did, because this could have gone wrong so many different ways. However, I do have to point out one interesting little tidbit. Very rarely does Star Trek use Type 1 time travel. Now, brief explanation. Type 1 is what I call time as a linear line. Any time travel always happened and always will happen. There's no loops. There's no first time through the loop. It always happened in the same way that it always will happen. Make sense? Uh, Star Trek very rarely uses that. Time Zero over in TNG used Type 1 time travel, and I'm, I can't think of another example off the top of my head. I'm sure there are some. I just can't think of any. Here, we see another example of that. Oh, and I guess I was lying just now, because I know another example. It was the last time they used the Orb of Time. Trouble and tri Trials and Tribulations, excuse me, when they went back to the Trouble with Tribbles. By all accounts, that was a Type 1 scenario, not a Type 2 scenario. Thus, this is strangely consistent. In other words, the only time travel the Orb offers is time travel that always happened, Type 1 time travel. Because the method of time travel itself does matter. So, okay. You know, that, that actually makes a degree of sense. I'm willing to buy that. I still never would have let her touch the orb to figure out her mother issues, but, you know, whatever. So, <clears throat> I'm looking at my notes here. She goes back. Uh, 
Kira just does whatever she wants to. My God, um, and she and 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 then they bring up the term comfort women. Uh, now I'm going to go ahead and confess something that's going to be very shocking to many of you. Uh, I am not female. I, I know, shocking. Having said that, the very concept of something like comfort woman, which unfortunately is a real life concept, is disgusting. I don't actually have words for how much it, it it's just how much it makes me want to vomit thinking that this is something that actually is a real thing at, at least historically I, I don't know if it's a thing now and god I hope it's not now we have many many historical accounts on just how horrible that was uh, in, in at least several specific examples. I'm trying to dance around the, mentioning the specific incidents, but let's just say my grandmother was alive when this was happening. No, really, she was. She was young, but she was alive. <sighs> this uh, is not cool. I'm not going to put the glasses on because it, it's very, very uncool. And I bring this up because they've been showing the occupation as horrifically evil uh, since since season one, since the very beginning. Okay. Did this have to be involved? I know that sounds so strange, but we have already established that the, the occupation was this disgusting, horrible aberration, both microscopically and macroscopically. Did we really have to make it vile? Like, like do we then need to pile on another bucket for, worth of vomit on top of the pile? Was this necessary? Remember, this episode doesn't do anything. It has no purpose or point, as I've already established. Now, you're probably thinking, Lore, you, you just don't like it because it's disgusting and horrible. Yeah, but there's another reason this pisses me off. <sighs> Multiple times in this episode, two separate Bajorans, random guy from the past, the resistance guy, and Kira herself call comfort woman collaborators. I remind you, Kira has stated many times that in her mind, Collaborator is like the worst of the worst. A, a wrong, you might say, that is darker than death or night. Now, first of all, uh, I, I like a bit of melodrama myself, but I think you push that a little bit too far. I think we've already seen wrongs worse than this in the show. Just in this show, up till this point. Second of all, I find something deeply offensive about, about the fact that women who are taken from their families... Or, and or lives against their will and then forced to become <sighs> toys for people. And, and you're just going to go ahead and call them collaborators in the same way that you might call them Nazis with the same tonality there. No. No. That is unacceptable. I find that to be um, disrespectful and small-minded. Now, I know the argument, because I've heard the argument, because I've debated history many times in my life. The argument is, oh, well, they should have just killed themselves. Or they should have tried to do something to aid, you know, the resistance or to aid their people or whatever. They should have just done whatever they could, regardless of the cost, which is what we like to call a black-and-white perspective. Now, there's nothing necessarily wrong with having that perspective as long as it's done within moderation. 
But as this episode shows, this is enabling their families to have a better life back on Cardassia. That is a known fact. It is, in fact, very likely the only reason Kira survived at all in order to become the Kira Norris we know is because her mother sacrificed her sanity, her emotional stability, and basically her life in order to become a comfort woman. And for that... She's a collaborator. Even at the end of the episode, Kira is pissing fire about this. I meant to say spitting fire, but I'll stick with that. What's funny is Nana Visitor herself mentioned how, you know, in the original script, Kira was more positively inclined towards her mother. It was changed because Nana Visitor felt, no, no, she can't back away from this. Not at this point in her time. Not at this point in her history, I should say. You know, I don't even know what else to add to that. I'll say this, though. If you're watching this episode, then you've already watched my episode on uh, From the Furthest Stars, or whatever it's called. You know, the racism episode. And it may or may not please you to know that after staring at how just awful this episode was, I decided to go ahead and redo that as you've already heard me say, I have not done that yet from this perspective. But rewatching this episode made me think, okay, fine. If I'm going to talk about this, about horrible abuse towards women, I might as well talk about horrible abuse towards people because their skin color's different. <sighs> Sorry. It upsets me. I know that sounds so stupid. I mean, what would I know, right? The hell would I know? One of the theories I've heard many times, I myself posited it back in Waltz, is the idea that Dukat was made a horrible person by the occupation. This episode is actually one of the prime pieces of evidence for that, but what I find interesting is I know many people who have the same theory regardless of their interpretation of Dukat. What I mean by that is even people who think he was just always a scumbag think he became worse because of the occupation. Some people who think he was a legitimately good person think he became worse because of the occupation. Some people think he was, as I say, a more, you know, nuanced, neutral, kind of normal person doing his job kind of person, became a worse person because of the occupation. We see in this episode some of the ground-level perspectives of things he's been saying for a while. Increased ration, reduced workload, you know, the things he was trying to do to soften the conquest. As I already said back in Waltz, that doesn't really make it better per se, but it does kind of show how the Union itself is in many ways the real culprit here. Moving on. So, there's the bit where the guy flat out calls her a collaborator, and uh, Maru you know, responds, No, you don't understand, it's not that simple. I just want to remind you all that, in case you think I'm being excess in this, Kira was totally cool with killing Dukat, which, remember, timeline change, but more importantly, her own mother, until she happened to see the message from her father, played by the same guy back in, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the, the father episode, it was a great episode, played by the same guy, you know, recurring, um, until she saw that message about him, that he left for her about, you know, uh, 
you've saved all our lives and and she's actually they're actually the kids actually are gaining weight again and they're not starving and they're taken care of and it's all because of you thank you thank you thank you and it wasn't until she saw that and maru sobbing that she decided to change her mind and allow them the capacity to continue to survive <laughs> i don't even know what else to say about this episode so I'm curious what you have to say about this episode, because I just painted a gigantic target on my face by talking about women being abused by people in power on the Internet. I, I know I took the extremely controversial stance that it's a disgusting, horrible thing, but there we are. And this is part of why this episode pisses me off. It feels like the episode said, this is bad. In the same tonality, I would ex expect someone to say, water's wet. Of course it's freaking bad. It's horrible. Why do you then paint such a dark picture on them as if they were collaborators? Now, you could argue that wasn't in the intent of the show, but as I've said many times, when a show goes out of its way to make its characters say something in character multiple times from different characters, remember, I just pointed that out, two people say this in this episode and reiterate that point even in the denouement, then what? Ex then I'm left with the presumption that the episode itself, the creators and the writers, are trying to say what the characters said. That's not always true, but you can see why I have that impression. Even if I were to dismiss that, though, remember what I said at the beginning of this rumination. What's the point of this episode existing? Kira is unchanged and unmoved. Dukat does nothing. We see a little bit about how the occupation was horrible, because of course it frickin' was. Uh, that's it. I'm sorry I'm getting so upset about this. I suppose that's the point. I'm sure there are people out there who would say, Lore, you got pissed at this episode. It did its job. Shrug. I don't even know what to say to that. I know what I have to say. I'm going to say that I'll see you next time, guys. <laughs>